Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy in Dear Abby. My wife is working out of this senior woman Dear Abby. She thinks way too much of herself. She had to get married. Dear Pod. on using the um, there's a pandemic excuse for at least five years for why I don't show up on time, why I decide to cancel on things. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, Erin will not be showing up to your show in a bar on the Lower East Side. Sorry. I wish this happened like like 15 or 17 years ago when I was late for literally every audition because I have no sense of direction. <laughs> and, they were, and they were so like, they were important. Like you have an audition at ABC. I'm right there. Where are you? I'm like, I don't, I can't figure this out. I just cut off the bus from Chicago. Well, they're waiting for you. I would shit. Yeah. I am so time How nervous. I met your mother. I was late. <gasps> I would, that is offensive. It is. Do you think that was something psychological that you were like, I'm going to stop myself from getting there on time? I think I did that for a really long time. Really? You're that guy? No, I was so like, I'm like, I just wanted like the first impression. I was like so concerned with like looking the part and looking butch and straight because, you know, I still have my mom saying, you don't have to tell everyone that you're gay. So oh. then you have that story, you know, that that application is always running in the background, yep. just sucking out the energy from the front. Mm-hmm. You haven't closed the window. Right. And you and haven't then, upgraded your system. Then you to- walk in and then you have Andrew Rannells, who's like 100% who he is, confident, and you're like, fuck. Huh. Now how do I recalculate And this? then you circle the globe a couple more times and then you show up 30 minutes late because you're yeah. like, I'm going to set myself apart from all the rest of these auditioners. Yeah, by putting more gel in my hair. <laughs> and I'm going to show up an hour after they're already done and closed up the building. And I'm so concerned with that, I haven't memorized my lines because I have massive anxiety and I just draw a blank. But they won't forget me. They won't, they won't forget. forget just me. Just like the SAT, they won't forget that low score. <laughs> Oh, I get anxiety. You're just saying SATs. I don't do tests. I, I don't, uh, we did not leave the house maybe once this week. We left the house and it's doing something funny to my brain. I really don't give a shit what I look like anymore. I feel like I, I look like an Appalachian mountain woman. I, I'm like, you're like barely... Jodie Foster. No, why didn't you leave your house? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm like, uh, stands with a fist and dances with wolves. <laughs> it is. I look like, you know, the pictures of the women of the gold rush that like their clothes don't have any shape and they all yeah. look like they've been out in the sun and they're a little bit dirty. And Someone their cut their hair with a rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's that. But if the gold rush were sponsored by Fabletics. Sure. That's me. Oh. This week. Okay. And you like Fabletics. I hate Fabletics. Oh. I call it Crapletics. Oh, I did. But then why are you wearing? Well, I because I have some left over. You use it once, you wash it, and it dissolves in your hands. It's like the fruit roll-ups of clothing. Mm. Um, I found this thing on the on my Instagram, oh, really? <laughs> Instagram, where you can go to the catacombs of St. Patrick's Cathedral in the East Village or West <gasps> Village. Wait, St. Patrick's Cathedral? It, right? I think I might have it wrong. That's um, St. Patrick's is Midtown, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, you're cute. I think You've I just, only lived here 35 years. It's fine. You'll figure it out eventually. It is. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'd love to do that. Isn't St. Patrick's where we spent Christmas, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. No. That's good. Not it. He's so good. He's learned how to nod and not speak. Get um, back in your cage. Whatever. Um, the Catacombs by Candlelight Tour. I don't know where this is. Uh, Two sixty six <laughs> Mulberry Street, which I don't know. That's not St. Patrick's. Yeah, that's not. That's actually just the sewer. <laughs> They're just bringing you down to that extra layer where the mole people live. I thought it was same. I thought it was strange. They said St. Patrick's, and I was like, that doesn't seem right. Um, but uh, it's something like that. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'd go to the catacombs. Can we do this now? Yeah, I'm doing. Well, yeah, next <gasps> week is when I'm going. You're kidding me. No. So catacombs are approved. I for the COVID nineteen so. pandemic. Well, they're like, like if you, you want to be underneath where all the dead people are. You're <laughs> You guys can't sit next to each other and eat, but we can bring you into a very small space, at least six layers under the ground of New York. It feels like the air is more pure there. Did you ever read Mole People? Oh, it's St. Michael's. I don't know what's wrong Yeah, that's with a different me. saint entirely. <laughs> I thought, I'm like, St. I was first when I, I thought, I thought that I read it was St. Patrick's. I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. It's also just down the street. Nope. And then I'm like, East St. Michael is the saint of the village. Hey, girl. Hey, Mikey. I'll see you at Village Cigars and Big Gay Ice Cream, which is closing. I know, sad. Not like I See ever... a confession. <laughs> I'll be there all day. <laughs> I still haven't left this pew. Let me know when you're going to drop the dick in the holy water so I can go ahead of you. <laughs> <laughs> you said pew. You're going to go there next week? Yeah. I guess you can only have so many people in at once. Yeah, so you could, yeah. It's like a pandemic. Yeah. I want to go. I need to be around people again, around people underground, (laughs) terrified, wondering where the air is coming from. I need to be around all the dead people. Oh, God, that's just. You're taking me underground of New York where I just feel my my voice is constricting. I want to reenact the descent. Take me with you. I have to be around people. Sure. We left the house once and all we did was go to Whole Foods, and that's what we do. That's our life. We go to the supermarket. We come back. We look at each other. Our arteries harden. We go to the supermarket. We come back. You pull out, and that's it. And that's all. I can't take it anymore. I need to be around the people. That's how I feel. That's why I took two Broadway rides on the Peloton, because I just needed some kind of interaction and uh, i knew that everyone else was screaming defying gravity in their house like i was but they're not they're alone too they're alone in their space everybody's alone it's not good for my brain because then when i finally got in the car and i started to drive and i was in like just an ounce of traffic nothing crazy that i haven't ever been in in new jersey but i'm like what is it what is this i don't understand Maybe you should get out more. yeah it's like i am oh i am one of the the girls who's been living underground trapped by a guy who's just growing me for skin. Cool. Uh, I, like I just and and I'm so sick of my screen too, but but I will say when we went out the other day, my Jules forgot his phone. And he goes, Oh, I forgot my phone. And I acted like it's a good impression. somebody died. Hi, hi, hi guys, where's my phone? like a Mickey Rooney movie. <laughs> That's exactly who he is. Is this wrong? Let's put on a show. Well, hey guys, I built a barn in my backyard if you want to come over and sing some show tunes. Oh. As soon as Judy gets out of the bathroom snorting coke up some guy's dick, <laughs> we're ready to sing, pal. I can't wait to get those tap shoes on. She's moving real fast, fellas. Holy sh- Holy smokes. No, seriously. She's smoking. <laughs> 
steam coming off the ground. She's been awake for five days. And he forgets his phone, and I act like, like a friend of his died. Like condolences were in order. I'm like, oh my god, are you okay? Should Here's we go back? Here's a card. I just wrote you a card. I'm so sorry. <gasps> you forgot your phone. Like, what are you gonna oh, do? God. Invite me to the catacombs. I want to go under, <laughs> and I want to meet the mole people. Seriously, have you ever read the Mole People, the the book where the girl goes underground? Why would I do that? No, because I don't it's want... so good. You have to. I don't read, and I read that. I'm still I'm still trying to finish the Mariah Carey book. Well, uh, it's nutrient dense. It's very difficult. You have to work your. It's like kale. It's gonna hurt. Have you your... read it? Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should do what I do when somebody says this is a really good book. Download it on Audible and have somebody read it for you, to you. Okay. If I could outsource everything, I would. So I do a lot of stuff on Audible. I'm sure she did that. She did. Yeah. Yeah. I have so Isn't many it better to-, to hear it from the whore's mouth? <laughs> I feel like someone's like, oh, you should get this book. And then I have like, I maybe have 25 books that I'm like, I'll get to it. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, my mom reads like four books a day. No, go back to mole people for a second okay. because I, I really, really, it's an old book. It's like a journalist who goes under, under, underground in New York. You will be riveted slash not surprised. Is it a true story? True story. She spent like six months going underground in New York. I don't know how she found it, but like there's certain areas in Grand Central Station where you can access these abandoned subway stations and then there's like a subway station under a subway station. It's like Ghostbusters too. So it's just going down and down and down. And she would go down there and like hang out with the mole people. And there was one guy who had been down there for so long that basically his body is starting to adapt to its surroundings like the descent. So he's kind of gone blind and there's, he's started to develop webbing, (laughs) webbing in his hands. What is that? I don't believe this. At I all. believe it. Read there are it. Mole people. Also, because my friend Matt Fox, who owns Find a Dandy, encountered a mole person when he was going to work one day, and it was early in the morning. It was like eight, and he's on the subway, and it was stuck in between, you know, the station. So he's just sitting in a tunnel waiting to take off, and a mole person slapped the outside window where he was leaning against the door. You would have to. There's not enough pants changes in this world. No. If I encountered that, you would have to peel me off the ceiling of the two train. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, take a breath. Mole people. Watch it, live it, love it. I have never read something so fast. All right, I'm doing this. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get the business out of the way today. All right. It's a sunny, beautiful, completely frigid day. I'm going to get my car washed. Again? You have OCD with this car. They told me that I need to get a car wash. Like the last time I, when I got my car fixed, they're like, "You really should get your car washed." Well, but often. not every week. I don't get it washed every week. Every God week damn. that you come here, I feel I like do we're going not, Margot. The- Wait, are you going to go to the one where where that has the ramp that yes. says "Children Only"? Yes, you're more than maybe. I will go with you because I want to run on the ramp. Yeah, I'll you show you. You get you out of this fucking house, you mole person. I know. I need get to, to the see- business at hand. Welcome at long last to Dear Pod, the comedy advice podcast. I am your host, Randy Newman. Gonna get an apple and I'm gonna go to the car wash with the... What the 
fuck was that? That was Randy Newman. <laughs> As what? It was a oh my god! I just thought I, Randy Newman, the 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 singer. Yeah, isn't that his name? I was thinking of Randy. What's his name? Randy Quaid. <laughs> There's so many Randys. And who are you? I'm Pam Tillis. You sure? Who's too, not enough Pams. <laughs> There's not enough Pams anymore. You're right, Pam Dauber. Oh, and we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? I want all the ham. That was so loud. Wow, that was really. That. Okay. I, I do want all the ham. And you, you too will want all the ham this week from us because that's all we do week after week. We deliver you ham. Ham. Ham sandwiches. But by uncovering the articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby, lifting the lids on their jaws and letting their spirits out and letting their light burn the faces of villains and then returning them to their proper home okay. at the end of the I think we've that hour and a half to sure. be right. discovered yeah, by listen, another adventurer. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear more ham salad, mm, please follow yeah. us on your social media, on your Instagram, your Twitter, and your face place at Dear Pod Official. Check out our sexy website where we've made it easy for you to listen to episode after episode after episode. That's DearPodOfficial.com. Our email address, DearPodOfficial at gmail.com, where, dear God, please write to us with your advice questions. They may be read upon the air, and we may be delivering some jewels of wisdom to you. And finally, we've arrived at the Patreon page. Yes. Are you ready for the plug? I've Bend been over. ready for this plug for a long time. <laughs> Bend over and plug us in. <laughs> Who fucking plug me? Oh, plug. Patreon. Follow us at patreon.com slash dearpodofficial. Check us out and see if you want to subscribe. Still. Because we need your support. We are artists needing support in the form of 3 and $5. I am going to busk underground and return to my mole people roots. So patreon.com slash dearpodofficial. For just pennies a month, you can get extra tidbits in your inbox. You can adopt two grown human beings. <laughs> That's basically for ten cents it. and a toll-free phone call. For five dollars, we'll we'll be live and in person. We come to your house, we eat Hello. your food, we sleep in your bed, and then you kick us out eventually. That's right. And we're going to be celebrating our hundredth episode <gasps> soon. And two two years, two whole years, confirming that. We are approaching our 100th episode, and we're coming up on two years together doing this, sitting across a table from each other, being judged by a small man in the corner. Correct. And Jim. <laughs> where'd, the, where, where'd the other guy come from? It's the guy that died in this chair. Hervé Villachez? Yes. We are coming up oh, on Hervé. two years. 100 yeah. episodes. How are you planning to celebrate our 100th episode? Pantsless? <sighs> Probably pantsless, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did tell you that um, my friend since grade school, Cassie Knoll. Mm. Shout uh, out, Cassie. Responded to our Vianetta conversation. <laughs> Positively. Pos- she's like, I am so in love with that. It's incredible that you brought up the Vianetta. And now Cassie and I, we would go to the Baker Square in Oak Park Mall because we would you know, we are mall people, but the mall... Mall people. The mall... And mall people. The mall in Oak Park, Illinois is an outdoor mall. So okay. you have to go store to store. So we go to like Crocs and Brentano's, which is the... Wait, Crocs? It's... Isn't that... I think that's what it's called. It's a bookstore, now closed, 
We go to the Lake Theater for a movie sometimes. Okay. The Gap, obviously. The Magic Shop. Rock L's for a hot dog. But usually we'd go to Baker Square. What the fuck mall was this? There was this a is, Magic okay. Shop. Yes, it's and fantastic. I don't know what Croc and, Th- and and Britannica is. I think it was Crocs and Britannica, something like that. But it's a bookstore. It, it's no longer. Yeah, obviously, no. it was a chain. Because people like me have stopped reading. Correct. <laughs> if Barnes and Noble ever goes out of business, I'm screwed because that's every time I go in, that's where I have to poop. Sure. Oh. Every wow. time. Now, other people have actually. Um, you can also do that at the right. West Elm. I never want to poop in a West Elm. In fact, I have the opposite effect. I walk in there and everything is so neat and tidy, my sphincter tightens up. See, I don't think they're fucking neat and tidy, especially in the city anymore. It's like a free-for-all. It's like, oh, (laughs) now I know what the furniture is going to look like in about five years. Thanks for kicking it around. (laughs) So yeah, I'm going to blow up that bathroom. Now you you know what your furniture feels like. (laughs) Every store (laughs) in New York... Looks like somebody picks up the products and throws them to the other side of the room. Honestly. Hey, honey, you like this couch? (laughs) (laughs) Don't throw it at me. I'll walk over next time. But check out these pillows. (laughs) It's like these people that bring their kids in. They're like, honey, get off the couch. And like turn around for an hour. Yeah. And then the salespeople are just like, it took me an hour and a half to make that fucking bed. Can you get that damp child (laughs) off that fucking bed? Covered in tacky jelly or some shit. Why is he so sticky? Everybody's disgusting. Why are children so sticky? I don't know. Makes me nervous. How did we get off Vianetta and your friend? I don't know. I just want, what's her name? Cassie? Cassie. Just a shout out to Cassie this week for your support of the the Vianetta storyline that we have been weaving from episode to episode. We're very excited about the return of Vianetta. The best part is, is that we have our finger on the pulse of the most current news stories. Sure. Also, there, there was an insurrection going on, and we were like, "Whatever, vanilla and chocolate <laughs> together in a luxurious cake." Also, Betsy said, um, "Thanks, thanks for jumpstarting my diet. Not sure if I can eat tonight and tomorrow. It'd be questionable." You and Aaron talking about cuts of meat. <laughs> in between I'm so laps. sorry. If if talking about where the sizzling comes from does not make you turn vegan, I don't know what does. <laughs> I'll have the I'll have two pounds of pork loin, a shoulder for stew, and uh, two pounds of sizzling, please. We are in the month of February. This is the time where we may or may not have known last year that a global pandemic was going to shut down. The world. I am going to have such PTSD for the next month, just knowing. Like, how many times have you gone back in your head recently and been like, this time last year it was on soil. This time last year people were having having symptoms. This time, And you had no idea this time last year you were rehearsing for a show. This time last year you fed him after midnight. It's your fault. This time last year we were getting ready for our first live show in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. What uh, did we know? Whoa. Today's topic is... Is because we're in February. Which is Black History Month. Correct. Oh, already? (laughs) I just dropped my phone. So we decided to peel through the years and years of articles of Ann Landers and Dear Abby to see if they had any art, if anyone wrote in to ask these two lily white women about (laughs) civil rights and Martin Luther King 
and the struggles. You know what? You can see my circulatory system through my skin, but I'm sure I have some gems to offer you when it comes to race relations. Well, I do like when there's an uncomfortable topic and they just don't know what to say. And they're like, here's some other letters. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I've got nothing to say on this, but these people might. I I can't, you know, maybe you should talk to somebody about this. Yeah. So so basically, we, we used the theme of Black History Month as a launch pad for finding our articles this Correct. week. So there, there's a couple different angles to take on it. I have a couple different things. Why I do as well. don't you oh, okay. kick us off? I oh. am talking <laughs> slowly. Okay. And deliberately. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Put on your readers. Put on my readers. Wipe them off. This is from the Springfield News Leader, Springfield, Missouri. Wednesday, November 5th, 1997. Dear Abby, I'm a 27-year-old white female college graduate. I have a sensitive problem with my father. My father is a racist. He's filled with hatred for blacks, Jews, Asians, even Native Americans, despite the fact that his own grandfather was Native American. Somehow I managed to grow up to be a very different person. To me, human diversity is a wonderful thing and a cause for celebration. My father's use of offensive terms to refer to ethnic minorities has made, has made being seen in public with him a humiliating experience. I've asked him repeatedly to refrain from using ethnic slurs in my presence, but he refuses to acknowledge that there is anything wrong with such terms. I get nervous when we go shopping or out to eat together because he uses these words in public. It's so embarrassing that I'm afraid to have friends in our home because of something he might say in front of them. I know my father will probably never overcome his hateful attitudes. I love him and want him to be part of my life, but I can no longer tolerate his racism. It is not only offensive to me, I'm afraid others will assume that I share his views since most people's values are shaped by the, by the, views, the values of their parents. To me, there could be no accusation more painful and degrading than being assumed to be a racist. What can I do other than dropping out of my father's life? Signed, not guilty by association in Michigan. I'm done. Okay. All right. Dear Not Guilty, since your father has been told repeatedly that you find his racial slurs offensive and he persists in embarrassing you by using them in public, you are certainly within your rights to limit the amount of time you spend with him in situations that make you vulnerable to embarrassment. You can also minimize your potential discomfort by exposing him to your friends or by warning them in advance to be prepared to meet a bigot. Only as a last resort should you cut him off completely. There's nothing worse than being around somebody who's being racist and for fear that it's going to get on you. Like not, you're not going to like absorb their thoughts and feelings on it, but you fear just your proximity to this person is going to make people think that you think what they're saying is true. Correct. I I put that together very carefully because it reminds me of, of, uh, and now I've said this before on the podcast, but in a different way, you know, my friend Jimmy Bennett, who's like, Hilarious. One of the fastest, funniest human beings on the yes. planet. We were doing a show together, and the producer on this was was like a, 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 a loose-lipped drunk, and he just said inappropriate shit. And we went out. We did the show. We're in a different town. We're in a different state. You know, like we're representing his company. Mm-hmm. But we all go out, and we're having drinks with the people who booked the show into the venue. And he just kept telling 
racist joke after racist joke after, and you watched everybody get so uncomfortable because you just didn't know how to stop him from saying the things that he shouldn't say. Right. And he just is <clears throat> sloppy. And then he started another one. And you could tell that like the bookers were getting really, really like uncomfortable in their skin. And I'm like, oh God, how do we just get out of this? And he started a racist joke and Jimmy cut him right off. And he was like, a busload of Mexicans. And Jimmy went, felt empowered and got an education. <laughs> anyway, we're going to get a couple more drinks at a different bar. And like, we just dovetailed. I laughed so hard. Nothing diffuses a moment like that like hum- with humor, with smart, sharp humor. I also don't like when um, I had an incident, maybe I've mentioned this before on the pod, where... Um, <laughs> I had, when I first moved to New York, I, you know, I was working in Chicago and I booked all these commercials and someone that um, did my taxes didn't file them correctly because he didn't know how to file anything for entertainment. Uh-huh. So I was audited by the IRS <gasps> aggressively. It was aggressive. That's horrifying. I had $0.0 because I now live in Manhattan. So any residuals I had goes towards um, living. And now they're going through your underwear drawer right. and, oh. So every time I call, you know, call this guy up who um, like knew my dad and uh, he's, he's like, you know, he used some derogatory terms. He's like, I feel like I can say that because, you know, I know your dad and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, <gasps> I said, um, I'm sorry, but my, my dad would never say anything like that, nor would he appreciate what you're, what you're saying to me. And um, I don't, I don't agree with you at all. And I fired him because I was oh. like, and then I called up my mom. I'm like, what, what is this? Who is this person that is handling our finances, my, my, my taxes? She's yeah. like, oh, he's, you know, whatever. And I said, he's a fucking terrible human being. Oh. I said, once he's done with this, I never want him to, to deal with me again. Not just because I've been audited and he's terrible at what he does. <laughs> I said, but. I've never heard our dad say this. So why nor did would he I think... ever, and nor would I think he should ever think that I would You'd agree okay with what the with fuck it. I'm, what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's like uncomfortable. And I was like, I've never had someone say that so aggressively in my ear before, as if it's kind of like, you know, like <gasps> as if we're on this. This is what I'm, when you're talking about, like you can't wash it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And those are the, I think those are the moments where you're like, no, that's actually not correct. Oh my God. Because if you don't, then it just, then everyone's like, oh, well, yeah. No, I said this racist joke to him and he laughed. I'm like, no, 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 that's not I'm it. stopping this train yeah. right here yeah. before it goes any further. Just some casual racism just thrown into a business transaction. That's weird. But we're just like, he barely knows me though. That's the other thing. I've only had like a very like minimal interaction. So the assumption so the, that the he fact, was cool with that. Right. The fact that you think that for some reason- like that is like worth throwing out in like a like maybe the fifth conversation I've had with somebody. Oh, like are you like I, I can't even I can't even imagine that. It makes me it would because again I I take the blame I, I'd get off the phone and be like what was it about me that made him think right. that that was okay? Right. Well, that's why I called my mom and I was like I, I can't believe this is what happened. She's like oh your dad your dad doesn't talk like that or he well my dad was dead but like he no he wouldn't condone that. I'm like well then. But my mom is such a people pleaser too that she could never fire anybody. Yeah. So I fired him. My other sister fired him. Um, because it's like, that's how I, dare that you? That people pleaser shit. 
is is so toxic and it dangerous, is. and, and that's it keeps why you in situations. And I'm speaking this for, for you know private, like personal experience of like, oh, I've for fear of making somebody else feel feel uncomfortable. Sometimes I'll stay in a situation. Yeah. Generally, like not even this topic, but like, like sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I don't want to be here, Jules. Get your body off of me. Sure, but six just, minutes just is finish. enough. Yeah, yeah. It's it's that accommodation. Yeah, for that kind of shit and behavior that that burns off at a certain point in your life. It always sticks with me too. Like if you're ever in some situation, and you're like, these are the moments when it's when it's like you know John Stossel reports like, what would you do, mm-hmm. you know? And it's these are the moments when you really have to be like, okay, this is not. It's your after school special yeah. where you're watching it, and then it will but, pause and be like. Here, Margaret's in a really uncomfortable position where somebody just said something racist to her. Right. How would you respond and then press play? Right. But the thing is, you more than just like, oh, like beating yourself up about what you should do, you have to fucking do it. So when I do do it, it it's amazing how it just changes people. And then they get, oh, oh, like you don't ever talk like that? No, <gasps> I don't. No. Ew. No. They get defensive. Oh, like what do you have, black friends? I'm like... Are you for real right now? Wow. What was this, Pleasantville? Like, he said yeah, that to you? Yeah, I was like, are you are you for real? Oh my God. I, like, what did I what did I give off that was That made you think this was okay to say? Yeah. Oh <sighs> just like we thought this topic is gonna be it's light and fluffy. <laughs> well, I have uh, an article here for you from the Napa Valley Register in Napa, California. This is a first. No, Napa Valley's been around before. No, I know that it's been around before. I just don't know if... If I've done one from here? Yeah. I have. No. Oh, okay. I know I have. Because every time I think, oh, God, I want wine. Every time. But we can have some now. I okay, mean, I'm not judging. It is after 12. Yay! <laughs> Hooray, let's get hammered. <laughs> Napa Valley, registered Napa, California, December 21st, 1979. Ooh. Title... Black man feels guilty, didn't play Sir Galahad. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I know. The best part, I love her title so much. There's always a comma in the middle, and the two pieces don't make sense together. Never have, never will. Dear Ann Landers, I never thought I would have any reason to write to you. Well, I was wrong. I am a black male, 38 years old, 6'4", and I weigh 290 pounds. I credit myself with being a fairly intelligent person. Last winter, we had an unusually heavy snowfall in North Jersey. Hey, Jersey! Sorry, Hello. I got excited. I left work about 7 p.m. On my way home, I saw a white woman whose car was stuck in the snow. The road was a lonely one and seldom traveled. Because of the blizzardy conditions, very few cars were out that evening. I very much wanted to stop and help her. She was obviously in need of assistance but I kept going because I was afraid she might misinterpret my intentions and perhaps get me into trouble. If the woman had been black, I would have stopped immediately. My failure to assist a person in distress is weighing on my conscience. If a similar situation should occur again, please tell me how to deal with it. Signed, No Sir Galahad and Ashamed. Dear Ashamed, in the future, by all means, stop and offer help to anyone who needs it. I assure you, your kindness would be deeply appreciated. It is a sad commentary on our times that a gentleman who is so well-intentioned would stop and think of the consequences of being misunderstood because of the color of his skin. We have made a great deal of progress in this area, but it is obvious that we still have a long way to go. 
You think, Ed? This was written in 1979. <laughs> oh, Cut Jesus. to 2020. You think we got a long way to go? Oh, my God. Can't stop and help. Can you imagine? I mean, but that's that's the whole issue with the with everything that happened this summer and the explosions mm. of... It's tough. It's a tough thing to navigate. What is? What we're, oh. <laughs> what we're talking about. We're talking about, like, race relations. I think it's difficult if you... I mean, it shouldn't be an awkward conversation. Correct. But here we are. <laughs> right. But I mean, it's like how. But the thing is, like, how do you, how do you like acknowledge like your own hangups about it? How do you acknowledge like the company that you keep and how you, you know, it's like, oh, well, he's such a great guy, except for he's a fucking loaded racist. It's like, you know, You'll it's the same people able. that say like, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin, like. That's not true. No, no more. It's it, that's called enabling. That's called an asshole. Yes, it's like, true. Like, who the fuck are you? Like, I. That's the other thing. It's like, who the fuck are these people to like, you know, feel like they're so empowered by putting someone else in their quote unquote place? It's like really. But imagine if you well, if you felt like you couldn't ever help somebody because you were afraid how it would affect you. Yeah. Like, as far as I can't help you because if I do, you may misinterpret this and you may call the cops on me. And that's always been the bottom line. Yes. And I feel like just now in the past year, now the conversation is coming to the surface. Will it get better? I mean. Only time will tell. Which is a terrible thing to say because it has been discussed for decades. Yeah. And it's still, uh, like, it's, I mean, look at the, you know. The capital uh, insurrection. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are people. These are people who are Holocaust deniers. The, the entitlement of these people to to walk around like they have no idea what the fuck they're even. Sa- no, like, it's ignorant. It's like if you've ever seen that movie ignorant. Jesus Camp, it's the same thing where you're like, oh, so you're, there's brainwashing that happens at a younger age. Right. But um, oh no, no, I had a thought. The thought's gone. Oh God, it went. Fuck. Shit. Okay, Aaron. I will keep going ahead. It'll get back to me. I don't know if it ever will. I don't know that it will either. Oh, oh, it was the, um, we were watching more of that Fran. Drescher? <laughs> yes, the Fran Drescher Leibowitz. documentary because everybody wants to follow six episodes. Yes, the Fran <laughs> Leibowitz thing. And she talks about, you know, when she was talking about the Me Too movement and all that stuff. And she was like, this why should anybody be surprised? It's been like this since Eve. Mm-hmm. Women have been going through this the entire time. And it's only just now in, well, in that case, it was like 2017, 2018, when that movement started, that everybody was like, oh, wait, it shouldn't be that anymore. That shouldn't be the gold, like the normal standard. Mm-hmm. Like that is, it just is what it is because that's how it is. Right. And it, the same thing applies in this case. It's why is there such a vast disparity of rights and the way that we treat each other? And it's so strange and it's, and you, you don't know why you act the way you do or, or think a racist thought. And it's because it's systemic. So it's like built into the system. Correct. If I went through my history books growing up, it is, you know, they, the, the, they um, touch on civil rights and it's so brief. It's just like MLK and move along. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it's like, it's like okay, well, now let's go back to our white's regular scheduling programming. It's like, actually, if you go back, you can figure out where a lot of white men ripped off ideas um, from black inventors or scientists or whatever. Like, Well, it's easier to be complacent and not fix a book. Yeah. That's really what it's, what it's about. Then, is like, because then you have these reprint. assholes that are like, why, you know, why should we rip down monuments? I've had conversations with, like, I've had these, like... I was surprised that I even engaged in these conversations because again, I'm such a people pleaser, but it was, it was like, like, like the protests. It was like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. I know I had to no, do something. I know something. we felt like we both felt so strange. We were like, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. I, I don't know what should I, marched, I say. I marched in a protest by myself because Marcus was hooked up to some thing because he was, had another surgery. And I'm like, I can't sit here. I have to do something. Mm -hmm. And it's so uncomfortable because I mean, I don't even like, it was like the first day I walked outside with a mask. I feel like I'm embarrassing myself or something, or, you know, I don't want to draw attention partially because I was raised to be small. Yeah. So going into like a protest, I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen to me. I don't know anyone around me. I don't know I don't know what this is going to be. I don't know how long I'm going to be marching for, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I'm like, if I sit on the sidelines, I'm just, what I've been doing my entire life is just being on the sidelines. Exactly. Here's the thing too, is that you said you were raised to be small and, and I come from a world of like, well, don't rock the boat. Don't, don't speak the same against the same, the grain or, or, you know, like don't make too many waves. Right. And that's not working anymore. It's, it's the old operating system it's the Windows 98 yep. that needs to be shut down and rebooted. Well, to Mac like, Catalina, it's going to fuck up your computer for a right. little while, because, but you're going to figure like, it they're out. They're like, be careful when you take a stand, because once you stand up, you can't sit back down. Yeah. And it's like, well, I'm not talking about like new Coke versus old Coke. I'm talking about like people. I mean, in that case, the answer is clear. Old not, Coke. Not clear Coke. <laughs> No, Frank, the record is clear Pepsi. But do Coke you know, didn't even try to a, a, approach a clear <laughs> substance. They they were no fools. Well. Know, know who you are. Well, I bottom line is sense. our operating systems are old. Also, because when I think back, what if the first guy who did the very first piece of artwork of Jesus was like the guy who did the art for Bill the Cat? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what if what if Charles Schultz drew Jesus first and that was our template for even understanding. charles schultz had to figure things out in the introduction of franklin <laughs> oh, that's right we all have to evolve sooner or later I mean, whether granted, or not you're dragged kicking character. and screaming right. into the next generation it's up to you yeah mm -hmm. it like it, you just stop the conversation like i can't imagine i you know it's 2021, we're having these conversations. They're difficult conversations. We're still fucking having them. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. That we that, continually have to say it over and over right. again. Like, hey, please don't use the N-word in my house because um, anyone who uses that really isn't my friend and clearly you don't know who I am. Yeah. Well, it's that also we're not, not everybody in the world is an empath. Nobody is willing to see it from anybody else's perspective from their but their own. And it's it's been made like ten times worse and more magnified because of this year. Um No one wants also like these hot shots like around their like drunken buddy friends, when that happened, no one really wants to say, Hey, no, because you hey, don't Joey want to bucket. bag of donuts. It's actually you can't fucking say that right now. Like, Was that's that your a, frat? No. Was your frat like that? No. No. <laughs> um 
but you know, like you can't just, it's, it's very difficult because a lot of people don't, don't know how to, because it changes things. Once you are educated and you figure things out, no one likes to admit they're, they're wrong. No one likes to admit their faults, especially in front of other people. Um, you like, yeah, and you want to okay. go with the flow. And That's... the thing is, what's a great friend is to admit that you're wrong. Like, first of all, I'm not the end all be all about civil rights at all. I'm, uh, you know, still fucking learning. I'm sure there are things that I've done and said in the past that probably aren't great. But I'm, I, I, I don't, I don't know everything. No. You know, but I'm certainly not going to stand here and be like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm just fucking dumb and I eat, you know, bowls of rocks. So I don't know. That's not. I'd That's also like to confirm works. that you don't know everything. I don't know. But anything. I would like to say I appreciate your willingness to learn. Thank you. <laughs> Let's do another article. <laughs> yeah, this is are great. you are you okay? I'm the dam fine. has been broken. <laughs> And let's keep flooding. This is from the Lancaster Eagle Gazette, Lancaster, Ohio. October 29th, 1999. This goes into my my earlier message of when Anne or Abby gets uncomfortable. Oh. You'll see it at okay. the Okay. Dear Abby, the world is a vastly different place than it was than it once was, although the vestiges of our past remain. The only way to end racism in our society is for each individual to take responsibility for his or her own emotions and actions and to act in a way that is fair to all concerned. You can find hate in a lot of places, sometimes without looking very hard, but you can also find friends. Oh. Signed, Michelle in Galveston, Texas. Dear Michelle, I agree. Regardless of skin color or ethnicity, our aspirations are very similar. We want to be liked and respected as individuals. We want our children to do as well or better than we have. It's the American dream. We live in an increasingly diverse society, and if we can value each other and live in harmony, it will greatly enrich us. If we cannot, then greed and suspicion will drive us apart. The choice is ours. What teens need to know about sex, drugs, AIDS, and getting along with peers and parents (laughs) is what every teen should know. To order, send a business-sized self-addressed envelope plus check or money order for $3.95-$4.50 in Canada to Dear Abby, Teen Booklet, P.O. Box 447, Mount Morris, Illinois, 61054-0447. Postage is included. That's everybody in our family. (laughs) Like, let's talk about racism. Well, what do you want for dinner? Who wants ambrosia salad? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey! Anything, look away from here. Hey, hey. I love that they say we live in an increasingly diverse society, as if all of a sudden. Increasingly like, diverse. Increasing, like all of a sudden we've just discussed, discovered Asian Americans and black Americans <laughs> exactly. and gay Americans. Oh We're my like, God. what just happened? I turned We the got corner. another shipment of homosexuals, Ellen. <laughs> Where are we going to put these ones? I don't know. Spread them out. Yeah, Spread we them don't out. want them all down the street. Oh, you know what? Just keep them in the village. Just keep oh, them in the village. Fucking rainbow flag. That's offensive. <laughs> We're spreading rainbow out all over the Rainbow is offensive. Country. Wow, we have a whole new group of Indian Americans now. Well, is they're that not what they're new. Called they're them? actually. <laughs> I want to be at they, that table. They... They're actually not new. What happened was they were here first, and then your ancestors came over, gave them STDs, and then decimated all of them by killing half of their friends. Oh, and it's all about the right words. Anyway, isn't mashed it? potatoes, Helen. <laughs> I want to be at that table. <laughs> I definitely want to be at that table. Can you just imagine, just like the, send like... Patty over there? <laughs> He'll take care of them real fast. <laughs> <laughs> I would. What if that was your Love gig? It. Like that was at my family's thing. holidays. Yeah, let's like, say Chris. Thanksgiving is a great time. Can you explain to me? I like, have a racist <laughs> aunt and uncle, so I'm hiring Patty to come to their house for Thanksgiving. 
He's really great. He's like 50 bucks an hour, and he will decimate your family. You, you, you show up. They're like, would you like a pilgrim hat, or would you like some Indian braids? Well, neither, because it's offensive. <laughs> neither, because genocide, okay? And cultural appropriation. So if you could take off your moccasins, Mary, that'd be fucking great. <laughs> Is that a dream catcher, Are you Mary? Native Bring American? that over here. No, I'm American that reads a book. Any book, according to a friend of mine. Mariah carries glitter. According to glitter... <laughs> According to YM Magazine, which I have also finished cover to cover, if I do say so. Check my fucking library, I dickhead. do like the idea of outsourcing and having, like, if you have racist people in your family and you feel like you can't confront it yourself, you can hire a friend that will come to your family gatherings and say all the things for you. And you should really start this as a service. I mean, I always thought it was funny when you could kind of figure people out when you're like, oh, do you watch The Cosby Show? No. I always because there was always, like I felt like based on the Cosby well because there was always like a like cut to twenty years later well, what you true. learn about Bill but I mean you'd watch like the Cosby Show or like things that are like different than like Sabrina the Teenage Witch or you know shit super like Full House like I never got into that I didn't like a Mm-mm, never it was, it was but more it's like a different world every week every, <laughs> but the thing is it's like because it's not only is it well written and entertaining but I mean. If you didn't le- learn a lesson from fucking Claire Huxtable every week, <gasps> then you weren't fucking paying attention. And you're you're not an empath. Right. Your your channels are not open. Do you remember learning about MLK Day in school? No. I do because I was we learned about it and then I went home and I cried to my mother that we were not celebrating MLK Day enough. So she was like, "Oh, let's make cupcakes." So we make cupcakes for MLK Day, and I, it's it's it was like a tradition for a minute, <laughs> and then I was scared of carbs. Oh, but that was a yeah. good time That's to be a, great a child. Story also, and, and, it, and my mother won because we made cupcakes. Great. Mm. Good. Uh, speaking of inappropriate things to say at okay. parties. <laughs> Finally, the final article of the day from the Oshkosh Northwestern and Oshkosh, Wisconsin, November 15th, 1972. Okay, this is going to be a really hard article for me, and I'm not going to say these words, but I'll try my best. Bigotry, comma, dirty words, both earn rejection from Ann. Dear Ann Landers, you are a prude, and it shows. What's this hang-up you have about words, anyway? You should have outgrown it long ago. I was surprised to see you admit in print that certain words make you uncomfortable. I know some very rich and socially prominent people who consider themselves refined and highly cultivated, but they use words like, and it's in print, I can't say it, N-word, right there in print, and um, rhymes with bike, as part of their daily vocabularies. It comes as natural to them as breathing. Yet when some hippie who truly considers love, who truly loves humanity and considers all of mankind as brother uses a four-letter word, the men stiffen up like ramrods and the women have to be revived with smelling salts. I'd rather hear four-letter words from a hippie any day than listen to a bigot spew his prejudices. Wouldn't you, Ann Landers? Signed, with it, in Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) Dear W., Who says I have to choose between the two miserable alternatives? I reject both. 
I don't want to hear some hippie in San Francisco dropping F-bombs. And I don't need to hear your rich friend in the Hamptons talk about things that rhyme with bike. <laughs> Horrifying. I can't. What's so? Why I picked this article, aside from the obvious of like, it's literally what you went through with your mm-hmm. audit guy. It's to see them these words in bold print in an average newspaper printed in the 70s. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, we, oh my God, even to see it in print, you're like, oh, that's, oh, it's okay to, fuck, what? Who? How did it get through? Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it literally like made me stop in my tracks when I saw it. So of course I had to put of it course. here. Of course we needed to discuss it here. Of course. Dropping N-bombs. That wasn't that long ago. No. It's not like this was 300 years ago. Here's something else to think about. When any time someone has called me a faggot, mm-hmm. and it's usually by some- And it's not Dom DeLuise. Right. Some disgusting human being that it's like, you know, it's okay because it is a white person, which probably has 12 people behind him somehow that back up that word mm-hmm. that makes it okay to say it to me. There are there aren't pro- there. I mean, granted, there are probably some people that will be like, "That's a terrible thing to say. You can't say that." But there's something about them that they know that there are more of them than there are of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with when they throw out the racial slurs too, because they know that just because, no matter what they're affiliated with. They have some sort of backing. It's the same thought process that goes behind if a white woman calls the cops on a black guy. Right. So she knows exactly what yes, she's doing. Yes, and that's the systemic thing. It's right. it's built into the fabric of society, and you don't know why, on on a conscious level, that's okay. Right. And that's basically what what one of the one of the two thousand issues that's being brought up is why is it okay for that to be part of your chemical physical cellular makeup i do because it takes a lot it takes a lot to be that angry Mm -hmm. you know to like stand in front of someone's house and throw a brick through their window and to say all these terrible things that's a that's not like a loving christian person which is Mm -hmm. fascinating for all these fucking people that you know Take point pictures, at the yeah, yeah. Point to the church, have an upside down Bible in their hand, and say that love thy neighbor as yourself. It's crazy to me also when hate is done in the name of a book you read. If Mariah Carey told you <laughs> to go and kill, would you do it? No. What? Exactly. Why would she even do that? Because it could be in her book. The power of the book. This you know, is people absurd. like to point at that book and say and have it as an excuse for everything. Well, also, wait, the Bible to the meaning is of Mariah Carey or the Bible. Now I'm confused. Now I've lost my own thread. Sure, maybe Mariah Carey wrote the Bible. That's she doesn't have time for that. Maybe That's a if lot of she pages. did, we wouldn't be here right now. The Bible is essentially one big telephone game. That that Correct. Jesus was like, here, just just do these ten things, and you guys are going to be cool. It probably started out as a pamphlet, and then he handed it to some other guy. Of course, it started out as a pamphlet. I mean, <laughs> what is 
he gonna, you, where's he getting all the paper he's from? He's got a robe and sandals. When was when did you ever go through the Union Square and some guy's like, hey, check out my book. <laughs> you're like, here's my 5,000 page book. No, it's a pamphlet because everyone is fucking blazed out of their mind. It's the 10 details like, oh, don't don't kill your parents. Love the neighbor. Don't cover. You're like, oh, Just bullet I can do point that. it for me. Yeah. Bullet point. I got it. I got it's, it. You know what Jesus was? Was the guy standing in Times Square being like, check out my CD. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it was originally. Yeah. Do you like country? Not really. Like, all right. Like that's that's like paper was so easy to come by. I'm sure he wrote it on a sheepskin. Which he how how many pieces of that are you gonna find? So just these ten things. Don't kill anybody. Don't be a dick. Don't sleep with someone's wife. Don't steal anything from them. Like let's just get it down to the bare bones. Right. You know, yeah. and then some monk got it and got a printing press. Don't eat shrimp on a Sunday. Wait, if I were Jesus, I'd be like, guy, what? That's not, I didn't say that. Like, back it up, back it up. Like if like present day, if Jesus went through and he's like, oh, can I see this book that everyone keeps? What is this book? It's the Bible. It's the, it's the you know, it's based on you. Okay. I didn't say, I, Carl, I didn't say that. I, I never said that. love everybody, but stone the gays. What no, the fuck? This is not. No, a, I didn't say it was an abomination. I said it's an abomination because I was predicting <laughs> Obama is the president. You guys don't know how to spell. Oh Do I have? Oh God! Yes, I walked on water. It wasn't. It wasn't very deep. Wait, what's this about wine? Okay, yes, keep, I did keep do that, that part. I keep that, that part. Okay, that, that kind of makes me look baller. Right All right, good, good. We actually, like years ago, there was a thing called the forty-eight hour film festival, and you had to like me and my friends entered, and we ended up winning. The festival. You had two days, and you got an assignment, and and to, to make sure that you didn't, this wasn't a pre-filmed thing. Basically, they said you need to hit these three points. There needs to be a character named Kathy Redstone. There needs to be a prop. It was a kite, and there needs to be one specific line of dialogue. And then you, they would pull different categories, and you had to do it within the category. So I think we got mockumentary, and uh, we have a forty-eight hours from that point. The gun goes off. You need to deliver a fully edited version of this. This tells you how long ago this was. I remember our editor was in the, the cab with like a VHS copy of it to, to, to give it. <laughs> and we got our video in at the last second. But the theme of our movie was what if the Bible was written today and Jesus was like a best-selling author? And it was great. You could see it online. It's called Bestseller. And it, it won. And it was it was just about like, oh, what if this was a guy who wrote the Bible in it right now and all of a sudden he couldn't handle the stardom and he was sort of like the guy who wrote the Jurassic Park movies and shit. Michael Crichton. Yes, he's like the Michael Crichton of today. Well, and it wasn't Jesus. It was just a guy. Well, what if it was Jesus? He's, and he's like, okay, now, Jesus, we, we're going to revise this, but we're going to have to send this book to legal because I don't know if there's a lot <laughs> Jesus, of these. Jesus, we want wait, this. What? This is optioned. We're making it into a movie. Jim Caviezel wants to play you. Isn't Jim Caviezel white? Yes, but before he's Willem Dafoe. Wasn't Willem Dafoe white? Can he yes. at least tan? Is there any? I mean, and by tan, I don't mean like like he's in the dirt, because that's really offensive. Okay, then like, who's I mean... playing Moses? <laughs> who's Just tell me. Charlton Ho- What? No, Charlton this is Heston. not at... The gun, guys... the gun lobbyist? What? No. Oh. You guys, I don't understand. And... How can we cut out Mary Magdalene's book? Where's I don't see that. Oh, we cut it out just because, you know, she's a prostitute. We had to cut it for time. She has a job. What do you have, Steve? <laughs> she has a job. She kept us all very happy. 
Yeah. Not only did she wash my feet, but she had a really good time doing it. If you and know she had it. her own cave. You know how much it was to get a cave back then? At least five schmeckles. Is that how they price things then? I'm not too sure. Wow. All right. We have we have done so much deep diving today. Are you enjoying those velaments? I you am. gave them to me. I know. Joan Velaments. Joan Velament. <laughs> Look, good that you're having a velament because I think we need to have a little palate cleanser because we have an Instagram mail question that has nothing to do with any of these things. Okay. We're coming back up. How do you feel? Do you feel lighter or do you feel... I just feel angry. Do you feel like somebody lit you on fire? A little bit. A little. My sphincter is slightly tight. So let's take a deep cleansing breath. Exhale it. All right. And let's switch the script for a minute to Instagram mail. Instagram mail. We're using a gentle tone to make this transition. It's been quite and Maybe put it we in can my laugh. Mouth. That paste Take looks that like stick. the paste I ate when I was growing up. Maybe it was rubber glue. Maybe I missed it. it. Aha! There it is. Rubber glue. Rubber glue. All right. Well, uncap your rubber glue. Take a huge whiff through your nose. Get a little bit toasty and high. And let's switch gears for a moment to Instagram mail. Okay. That is where we take questions from the listening audience. So if you have an advice question that needs to be answered and you want it listed on the air, listed, spoken, sure. I don't know, brought into existence by one of us two charges, then write to us at Dear Pot Official on your Instagram, your Twitter, or even just shoot us that sexy email, dearpotofficial at gmail.com, where we answer yeah. your questions. Yeah, it doesn't have to be deep. No, it doesn't have to be deep. And it doesn't have to be on the topic. It can be deep, and it can be real deep. It all really depends. And how, how far the, you yeah, want to go. Like, and just the chemistry. Yeah. Is it yeah, Friday? Yeah, you don't have to go all the way. You can just go a little bit. Yeah. Some edging. There's no judging. No, no, no. Just maybe just, you know, over the clothes. We're an open vessel here yeah. at Deer Pod. I'm really open. I'm cleaned out, and I'm open. So let's fill you back up again with uh. an Instagram mail listener question. Don't you want to answer first? Go okay. for it. The question is... Dear Pod, my boyfriend spends more time staring at his phone than at me. How can I get him to stop touching his screen and start touching me? Signed, tickled and dragged. Is this Samantha? No, it's ticked and dragged. Like clicked and dragged. I know. But ticked. But it sounds like it sounds like a Darren Star, like writing like you need to stop touching your screen and start touching me. And I couldn't help but wonder, would he stop touching his screen and start swiping on my face? That was Carrie. I like that. I can't wait for that movie to come back. Oh, I'm oh, so gonna excited. Be, it's going to be terrible. I can't wait to no see. No Samantha. Bernie Sanders playing Samantha. Oh, my. Samantha's like the best. Like My favorite line is like, shabby chic. This is more like shabby shit. <laughs> it's my favorite. She had all the good one-liners. She did. It, if best it does not open on her funeral, then they've done the whole series wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying. That's the only way that you she can do She doesn't want to come back. Killer. She's the best part of the show. I agree. So. This Even if she was entirely missing from the TBS version once it went to... <laughs> Yeah, like, what? <laughs> Wasn't there a fourth character I thought there in there? there was. Now, these lines aren't funny now. We've had to edit her out. Reverse Bible. <laughs> so that's from Ticked and Dragged. Dear Ticked, the average amount of time a person spends on their phone is roughly two to three hours a day. Although the estimated time a Hollywood assistant spends on their phone is roughly... 24 hours a day. Kylie and Kim, Kim need a, a no-whip mocha half-light half and a double 
cup latte at all hours of the day. It's no wonder with all that we can do with a touch of our phone, banking, shopping, laundry delivery, wine delivery, hiring a hitman, ruin someone's career by leaking a sex tape on Instagram stories, we can get lost in our own little devices so easily. Don't even get me started with the time wasters like Candy Crush or Garden Hero and Grinder. Once they hook you in, you'll end up in an episode of Dark Mirror where no one will find your body until the blood seeps through the floorboards and drips into the apartment below. Regardless, your bow is spending too much time on the screens, huh? Well, before we point the finger outward, we must look inward. Why do you think he spends so much time in fantasy land while you're right there? How many hour, hours of nag time do you put in? Is it greater than an hour? Because he most likely doesn't hear it from whatever he's getting off the internet. Give him a reason to put the phones down. How about engaging more in some interesting topics of discussion or witty banter? If you haven't gained a COVID-50, slip into the sexiest lingerie that you have. Because um, if you think that wearing yoga pants is sexy, newsflash, they aren't. <gasps> Better yet, why don't you just ask him what is so goddamn interesting about his phone? The key to any good relationship is communication. Now, if you're communicating with me about the guy sitting across from you right now, you're terrible at communicating. Put your phone down and sit on his hands and figure this stuff out. And don't you write back to me until you're so goddamn happy in love that you both have on an OnlyFans account featuring your Friday night plugging sessions. Signed, Abby. Did you take a shot at my fabletics in that? <laughs> I was literally looking down at my yoga pants when you said yoga pants. That's unfair. They're very comfortable and shapely on my bottom. Says the spokeswoman from Chico's. <laughs> I love I... Donna Karen. I just love wearing all mood fabrics at once. <laughs> I just saw this bolt of fabric and then I just draped it around I just me. Threw... The idea of walking down the aisles at Moon being like, that's fine. That's fine. I will not live a caftan life. That is my promise to you. My, I want my clothes to have an ounce of shape and just an ounce, but I just don't want them to have a zipper right now. I don't want to have that much form. Okay. But I'm, I'm not in a Mrs. Roper category yet. I can't go into this. Okay. Next week, Seems that'll like be the are. topic. Angry yoga pants. <laughs> oh. All right. Here's what Anne has to say to Ticked and Dragged. Ticked and, and dragged. dragged. Dear T&D, <laughs> you, my dear, are fubbed. Phone snubbed, a real term. Ironically, I had to use my phone to Google it. But thanks to Steve Jobs and his turtleneck, it was easy. But back to you getting fubbed every day by your boyfriend. This is a problem that more and more relationships face. And unless you tackle this issue stat... You'll be one sorry mother fubba. Uh. Thank God electricity was invented halfway through my courtship with Jules. I can't imagine competing with his gramophone for attention. But like so many others living in this tech-obsessed world, even we have fallen into complacency of late. In fact, just last night I texted him from the same couch. <laughs> All this scrolling and tweeting and texting and slipping and sliding is rotten romance. There will be no love stories written anymore that don't involve the phrase, I swiped on his face. How romantic. <laughs> Imagine if Shakespeare lived now. How different would it be if Romeo said to Juliet, I shall slide into thine DMs. The feud between the Montagues and Capulets would be in a group chat. 
Maybe if Julie had just tweeted Romeo, hashtag faking my death, they'd still be alive and living together in Des Moines, ignoring each other on the couch every night like the rest of us. Your husband's phone is his mistress, covered in his greasy fingerprints and taking up all his attention. So confront him about her. Tell him if he doesn't start scrolling your screen, you'll kick him to the curb. If he doesn't slide into your DMs, you'll slide him out of the house. If he doesn't tweet your friendster and boomerang your Snapchat, if he doesn't swipe on your Twitch link and binge your Hulu, if he doesn't post your story and click your Vine and subscribe to your channel and Google your Jeeves and bomb your Zoom and refresh your browser and dash your door and go live on your reels, there's going to be one less handle on the interwebs tomorrow. Stop doing it for the gram and start doing it to each other. Good luck, you sad sorry hooker. <laughs> and let me know how it goes. Let me know. But shoot me a text, will ya? I hate talking on the phone. And that was there was like a catharsis that happened. Yeah. Yeah. My my Fabletics just burst at the seams because they're made by by small children. Kate's children. Kate's children. She's like, get in there and and sew this. I'm going to watch myself in Almost Famous again. (laughs) It was really my best work. Everybody says so. Sad part is it's absolutely true. I loved her in Almost Famous. And then I consequently hated her in everything else. Correct. Ever. Don't throw ice at me. There's a lot of noise. And Throw ice at you. Throw ice at your face because guess what? It's, it's time for specialty cocktail, specialty drink. Throw your ice throw at some my face. Ice at Aaron's fucking face. I've got Lodge a it in her throat and she'll choke to pie. death. Wait, what? She'll choke Wait, to I death don't want on a piece huh? of your rice and what? that'll be okay. And it's really nice. Is, is this the song that actually underplays your your so, your Super Bowl ad for Bud Light? Bud Light, Bud Light. No, we're just I'm chanting Go Cedric. We should have a Bud Light next week in honor of you. Oh, I don't drink beer, but this week we are drinking the overall julep St. Louis style. It's every overall, overall, it's an overall julep, julep you know. But it's St. Louis style. Because every can, now uh, and then, James... Work it to the Oscars, or you can just work to a picture. It's just overall. <laughs> you can wear them over all your clothes. It's the Sharon Stone at the Oscars. It's just a $20, you know, Gap turtleneck. It's adaptable. It's functional. The overall jeweler. Because every now and then, James Jules Ferris tips his hat to the masters of the cocktails. Oh, for this, get ready. You need one ounce of rye whiskey, one ounce gin, one bar spoon of grenadine, grenadine ford, one quarter ounce of uh, lime juice, quarter ounce of lemon juice, and some seltzer. Combine all ingredients except seltzer in a shaker. (laughs) Because if you shake that seltzer, learn from me. You're going to get some in your eyes. Story ends badly. Saturday night. Add ice, then shake well. Serve in an ice-filled Collins glass and top with seltzer. Garnish with lemon or lime wheels. Oh, geez. Okay, get ready. Here's the tasting notes, and they're in a very small font, so God help us. Christ, let me use your readers. Yes, my friends, even in the world of mixology, sometimes attention must be paid. And we do it once again by paying tribute to the first rock star African-American mixologist and cocktail book author, Tom Bullock. We've had one of his drinks before. 
on this here podcast. Oh, yeah. So just three years before Prohibition was enacted, Mr. Bullock's cocktail book, The Ideal Bartender, was published. An alphabetical guide of more than 150 cocktail recipes, this book presented the memory and legacy of African Americans' contributions to cocktail culture. George Herbert Walker, the grandfather and great-grandfather of the 41st and 43rd U.S. presidents, was so taken with Bullock that he penned the foreword to the ideal bartender. He wrote, I doubt if he has erred in even one of his concoctions. His contribution helped validate the book to its white audiences, like so many published slave narratives that were prefaced with an introduction by a notable white man. That's a weird fun fact. What I like about this drink is the fact that even Mr. Bullock had the confidence to create a spin on an already popular drink, the julep. I love that his book uses measurements like a pony of gin, a dash of gum syrup, and one wine glass of brandy. I played with the measurements on this one because Mr. Bullock's recipe is for a bigger batch. So, raise a glass to Mr. Tom Bullock. In the meantime, I'm going to figure out why I would make a cocktail called the Diarrhea Drought. I'm not kidding. It's on page 33 in his book. The Diarrhea Drought. Maybe next week. Where was that for you? (laughs) We want to stop you up. It's got to have something. Stop me up. Stop me up. Make it stop. Stop me up. Once I'm pooping, then I never stop. Never stop. Never, never stop. Never, never, never stop. I saw them when I was a kid in Shea Stadium. Really? Yes, I was brought into New York. Oh, cheers. Look at that sexy Look at double ass. wheel. Cheers. Mm. She's va- oh, we each got our own cocktail glass this week. We're each getting our own drink. Very, It's very peachy pink. It smells delicious. Mm. That's like a raspberry lime ricky. Oh, that's nice. Oh, this is dangerous. This is like a summer beverage that will disappear in two seconds. This is like, no, I'll just have one, then I'll drive home. And you're like, I don't think I should. (laughs) I can't. I'll just have one, and then I have three, and I'm like, I don't think there's any alcohol in that. Let me tell you what I think about your haircut. (laughs) You know I fucked your husband, right? What? Is there right? No, I fucked him right. I fucked him right. (laughs) You've been doing it wrong. I fucked him right. Congratulations and you're welcome. Yeah. Would you fuck my husband? <laughs> I'm going to fuck your husband right with this fucking drink. Could you make it a little bit better for me? It's fruit. What well, You know what? He taste tested this on me the other day. I bet he did. He always is like, I have work to do. And then he goes down into a basement and you hear clicking and clanking and you see like a puff of smoke come up sure. behind him. And he handed this to me. And it was very, very... Very much fruitier than this. Sure. So I think he's adjusted some things accordingly, and the seltzer adds a little bit more bubbly and takes the edge off of the fruit forwardness. So he was basically like Maria Bello and Coyote Ugly and just start serving shots out of your belly button. Yeah. And then I came downstairs and I was like, where did you get Daisy Dukes? He's like, it's fine. Don't ask for water. Are you wearing a fault? <laughs> Look at those cowboy boots. What is happening here? Why is Leanne Rhymes here? (laughs) Where did these 50 people come from, and why are they saying, make it rain? You don't know you know Tyra Banks. Did I ever tell you that I, when I first moved to the city, I interviewed at Coyote Ugly? No. (laughs) It's taken me a long time to find out who I am. No, that's... um... What I do and where I fit in. No, 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 that's good. But I had short, spiky hair, and the 
I, I saw it on like, I don't know, a Craigslist ad or something. I don't know. How do we look for jobs back then? And I went and I interviewed at Coyote Ugly. And they were like, great. So if you can come back on Saturday and dance on the bar, that would be great. And so they asked me to like come back and dance on the bar. And I never went back to Coyote Ugly. Why? I don't know why. You would have made a fortune. I didn't have enough faith in my my physique, I think, at that point. it was This was the craziest week. I interviewed at Coyote Ugly. I auditioned and was called back for the Rockettes. And then I went to the Nick City Dancers audition. Three things that I was never meant to do in this life. But hey, it's my it was my year of yes. And then I started saying, and then it became my decade of absolutely not. We didn't doubt ourselves as much, and therefore we made we just all did. the wrong choices. We just did. You just <laughs> go, you just go into Virgin Megastore, you buy the Ricky Martin songbook, you go tanning, <laughs> you, you, you frost the tips of your hair, you buy the tightest pants and shirt that you possibly can, you go into an audition, not fucking knowing anything about what you're about to do and you bomb it and you're you you haven't been a practice singer and you're much better for it at the end right no that's not what you do when you're about 45 years old <laughs> i beg to differ it's although not now like- now i'd be like hey i'm just gonna tell you i found out 10 minutes ago that this is the barry manilow songbook so all i got kids <laughs> Is Ricky Martin. So I'm going to shake my bonbon here. I have uh, terrible anxiety, so I'm probably going to forget the words. But let me just tell you, this is going to be one fucking hilarious story. All right. I'm going to shake all of your hands like I did the first time, but uh, that's what I did. Patrick, this is an audition for King Lear. I'm still <laughs> going to shake your bonbon. Listen, okay? <laughs> all I got is Ricky Martin. So whatever's in the songbook. Could you do it as a monologue? I can do some Spanglish if you'd like, but uh, I'm not really good at the English part. Inside out. Living Living a vida. A vida loca. You've got the job.